Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. When we talk about Malachi 3, uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, the messenger, and we see that many have claimed over the years that this has already happened, that we have already been guided into all truth, that there is nothing else prophetically to happen before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know in Acts 3.20 and 3.21 that it says the heavens must receive Jesus. He will send the, send the Lord Jesus whom the heavens must receive unto the times of the restitution of all things. Now the restitution of all things is the restoration of all things. Now the key is what is the restoration of all things? Well, we go to faith. Faith is the substance of things. Notice it says that we're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now faith, now faith, is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There are the things. Now, when Jesus was headed to the cross, after working a ministry for three and a half years, he told his disciples, I have many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. And if you take a look at John 16, he's going to say there, and I'm reading in John 16 and verse 13. Well, verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Not some truth, not partial truth, not seen through a glass darkly, but all truth. Now that's key. Have we received all truth yet? Has the body of Christ grown up into Jesus and all things, all truth? So when we say all things, we mean all truth. The word states that. And it says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So Jesus goes on and says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, which is Jesus himself when he's glorified. Now we know that because when he was with his disciples, he said, I'll pray the father to send you another comforter. Another comforter would be someone else rather than himself or it's someone that is himself there in a different state, glorified rather than in his humility, taking on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. It's still the same Jesus. One is in a humiliated state made of no reputation. The other is in his glorified state. That spirit made a, that man made a quickening spirit. So Jesus is talking in his humiliated state when he's made of no reputation, humbled as a man, our kinsman redeemer, and says to his disciples, I will pray the Father to send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Key verse, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. 
Jesus is stating there he's going to go from his humiliated state as a man, made of no reputation, literally emptied out of his glory in a self-imposed limitation to his glorified state back to where he was before as that quickening spirit. That spirit he was in the form of there, Jesus himself in the form of, of God's spirit, made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. Now, that's the doctrine of Christ. Christ is that spirit who made himself a body of flesh and blood for our redemption, made and under the law to redeem us that were under the law. There, Jesus there states, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, of course, that's a future time when he's glorified. Because Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why not? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. It's in his glorified state going back to where he was before. Glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5. That then he will come as that spirit. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, to what purpose? He says, I'm going to lead you and guide you into all truth. But there's various offices there. There's the office of the Father, the self-existent, eternal, invisible Spirit of God. The Word, the invisible Spirit of God in His expression, His express office of His thought, plan, purpose, and will. That is the Word. Then there's the power office, the Holy Ghost. Well, that's the power office of the same spirit. There, then there's the Son of God. The Son of God is the Word made flesh, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. That is Jesus, not receiving the Holy Ghost, but is and always has been the Holy Ghost. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure to him, not from the tomb, but from the womb. He's always been God. Therefore, when Jesus is headed to the cross, he says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. In other words, when I am glorified, I am that spirit right now. He's one of us as a kinsman redeemer. But when I'm glorified, out of your belly is going to flow those rivers of living water because what was not yet given. The Holy Ghost wasn't given yet. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. He must be glorified back to his former state as spirit in order to come to us. And I will not leave you coverless. I will come to you. He did that on the day of Pentecost. And that's the reason Jesus said in Matthew 16, some of you shall not taste of death until you see the son of man coming in his kingdom. That happened on the day of Pentecost. Jesus Christ himself coming in his kingdom, that kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is that Christ. He is that quickening spirit. Then he says, when that spirit of truth is come, the comforter, the Holy Ghost, he will guide you into all truth, not partial truth, not in a Pentecostal realm of seeing through a glass darkly. In this Pentecostal realm, we have in the embryonic church in Acts, the second chapter, the Holy Ghost given. 
and we begin that walk in our Lord Jesus Christ. But he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the body of Christ to come unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is the embryonic church in Pentecost seen through a glass darkly, not knowing all truth, but line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, into the image of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of the Lord. Him, the Holy Ghost, Jesus himself, leading us and guiding us into, notice there, John 16, 13, all truth, not partial truth. Now, that's key. Now, is that going to happen in the sweet by and by after the rapture? Is it going to happen during a time of tribulation? Or is this going to happen in a season that will lead us and guide us into all truth that we see a man-child birth, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that time of charity, when that which is perfect is come, that you will know even as you're known of him, not seen through a glass darkly, but then face to face in the glory of the Lord Jesus. That is what you see in 1 Corinthians 13. Paul talking about there about it, faith, hope, and charity. Well, faith is wonderful. Hope, that blessed hope of the resurrection. Charity. And he says the greatest of these is charity, not faith, not hope. <clears throat> Why charity? Because charity is the final growth state in the church under perfection. So you add to your faith virtue. Second Peter 1. You add to your virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Assuming we go on seeking the Lord diligently, then we will have the knowledge of God through these great and precious promises given to us through not only hearing of them, but obeying them, that we'll escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature, holiness. That is only through obedience. So we get add to our faith virtue through obedience. And simply by the, through the leading of the Holy Ghost, being led and guided into all truth, not some truth, not partial truth, but all truth. And he gives us that growth, the different states and levels of growth in 2 Peter 1. Add to your faith virtue. That's obedience. Then add to your virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. There'll be some that will not go on and will become stagnant at ease in Zion. And Jesus said, woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. Then add to your knowledge uh, temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate in all things. That is obedience again. Then add to your temperance patience. That's after you've done the will of God, you have need of Patience, let patience have our perfect work that you may receive a full reward. 
That's through obedience. So tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Having your senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. A full grown man. Well then, is that all? We finally get patience having a perfect work? No, through obedience again. We add to patience that godliness. Godliness, a little G-O-D-L-I-N-E-S-S, is the God life. Now, there's a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3, 15 and 16 tells us that without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. How does it work? How do we live the God life? Because of our righteousness or our holiness or anything that we've done? No. Our own righteousness, which is of the law, and by the works of the law, no flesh will be saved. But the righteousness of God by faith. What is that mystery of godliness, the God life? 1 Timothy 3.16 tells us, God was manifest in the flesh. It's all by what the Lord has done. Then his becoming one of us as a man, made in under the law, made of a woman, made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. And what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, we had to have a man of flesh to literally condemn sin in the flesh. So what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, Romans 8, 3, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. How? Because he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How? Through obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. So whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey whether of sin unto death, even though we have the Holy Ghost leading us, but we must obey, or of obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. He said, going to the cross, again, John uh, 16, 13, Jesus said, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. We need to focus on the all truth. Because he said, I have yet many things. The verse before that in verse 12, I have yet many things uh, to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. You're in the wrong season for it. There's many things to grow. In the seasons of God, from Passover to Pentecost to Tabernacles, and you will, being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the day of the Lord. Well, this thing says, the Lord talking about these things is, is all truth, not partial truth, all truth, and not in the sweet by and by. In other words, in this dispensation of grace, in this church age, we're going to be led and guided into all truth by the spirit of truth, which is Jesus in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, they had walked with Jesus three and a half years. 
they had seen the miracles that he had done and all redemption miracles proving that he is God manifests in the flesh. The kingdom of God's come nigh to you through the works that he did, not of himself, but by the Father that dwelleth or housed permanently in him, believing for the work's sake. If you don't believe him, by that word, believing for the work's sake, that he is in the Father and the Father in him, that he is God. He said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Believe me for the work's sake. Heal the sick. He cleansed the leper. He raised the dead, cast out devils. He opened the blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, the lame walked, and the captive went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. In me, not in us, in me. There's only one God. The man Christ Jesus is that Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood, the Emmanuel, God with us. Have we been guided into all truth yet? Have we literally been contending for that faith that was once delivered to the saints and we have accomplished that? No. It's still yet ahead of us in uh, these promises that are given to us. And Paul warns us, admonishing, take heed lest a promise slip any of you. Just one promise. That you should seem come or seem to come short of entering into his rest. If Jesus had given him rest, he would not have spoken of another day. In other words, he spoke of another. He said, I have many even though I'm headed to the cross, you walk with me, Jesus said, for three and a half years. You've forsaken houses and lands. You've forsaken your families. You followed me. But yet I have many things yet to tell you. And those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for, the evidence of things not seen. So this growing up into him in all things is all truth. And Jesus said there, I have many Yet many things to tell you. The speaking, the voice of the Son of God. And it will be led and guided not into some things, but into all things, all truth. He says at the next verse, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's in a dispensation of grace. That is all truth is what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And in his times, he speaks of these things that I need yet to tell you. Even after they've walked with Jesus for three and a half years. It's still more truth to be literally obtained by faith and through faith unto righteousness. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? That's a proceeding word of God. Not something that's held some 2,000 years ago, but in present truth. And man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's present truth. It's a flowing, literal voice of Jesus where we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Any man that does not do the particular will that Jesus has called each individual member for in an individual calling, giving the faith to do that, to enable you to do it, 
all of us, that we fill, literally fill that office and that part of the body as a member in particular in these different ministrations or ministries, but one body yet revealing Jesus in you. This is where the body of Christ will come unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. And we'll have that knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge, people perish for lack of knowledge, unto the knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko. It's not a general knowledge that Jesus is that spirit, just knowing that he is the Father. Those are little children. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. We must grow up into him in all things, all truth. There remains that truth that we see him face to face and know even as we're known of him, and that is charity. So through that obedience, we've gone from faith, added to it virtue, added to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge patience, uh, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Now, godliness, a God life, we still have to add to godliness, that God life, walking in the Spirit of God, in obedience to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Then we go unto brotherly kindness. Let brotherly love continue. We find that in the Philadelphia church. No rebuke there for that Philadelphia church. Just so fast to those things that I've told you. Now we go to one step higher, the final step in the glorification of the body of Christ into achieving that, that level of perfection is charity. Add to brotherly kindness, charity. Now, charity is that final step, which is not love, but it's the love of God in obedience, doing his will. That is the love of God based in the word of God in these precious promises given to us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust and be partakers of his divine nature. We don't become God, but we're partaker of that holiness. We're partaker of his divine nature. And that is holiness. The holiness there is walking like Jesus walked, having the character of Jesus and being the light to this world as a living epistle, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. That final step is charity. That's the reason charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why could that be? Because charity is obedience to doing the will of God, not just love in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Walking in the light as he is in the light, in present truth. That's the reason charity is the bond or the guarantee of perfectness. It's guaranteeing us that we will reach that measure, the statue of Jesus, growing up into him in all things, all truth. Ephesians 4. That is the knowledge of the Son of God, not in Gnosko, just knowing Jesus after the Spirit, but knowing Jesus in a full image of him. That's epi-Gnosko. Epi, much higher, Gnosko knowledge. That is coming to the measure of Jesus. We find that in Ephesians when he says, in Ephesians 4, 
when he says, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Jesus the head, we the body of Christ, making but one man filling heaven and earth, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that name Jesus. As many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And you come to that measure, the statue of Jesus in charity. And that realm of charity, not just love. Many love God. They say they love God, but they deny him in works. So charity is obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, Romans 6. We can't say that we have charity. We can love God, but it has to be demonstrated through obedience. And no person can read the word of God day in and day out until your eyes literally fail because of strain. And you've searched God diligently in the word, but have not obeyed it. We draw nigh to God there with our lips, but our heart is far from him. We show our love for God in charity by obedience and through obedience, where we're made the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that is through obedience. So therefore, in the preceding word of God, as the Holy Ghost reveals this truth in these things that we must obey the present truth and live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God in present truth. And I'm and in looking at the church, the external church, and I'm talking about the various so-called worldly churches are not prone to that. They're not walking in the light. And it's not an indictment uh, against religion, so to speak. It's against the true believers in God that are supposed to be walking and leading in the leading of the Holy Ghost as a light to the world. As we obey God as a light, as a living epistle, a royal priesthood, and that light shining, that they will glorify, the body of Christ will glorify the Lord Jesus, the Father in heaven, seeing your good works. And these works glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And to him that hath shall be given, he'll have the more. And more revelation comes through obedience. So the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him through obedience. Well, Paul said the same thing that Jesus did. He said, I have many things. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you. You're not able to bear them now. But Paul said, I have not seen nor ear heard. Neither hath entered into the heart of man the things, here's those things of faith. That's that spirit of truth. That is faith, the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart the things that God hath prepared for them that love God. Hmm. Well, somebody can have a wild imagination, but no one's ever approached that in the natural realm with a natural intellect. Even reading the word of God with, with an intellectual knowledge. But it is revealed by the spirit. 
The spirit of God reveals it. The spirit of truth does it. The spirit that leads and guides into all things, all truth through obedience. Not only hearing the word of God, not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And he said, for it is revealed by the spirit, Paul said, even the deep things of God, not just surface things, not just repentance from dead works and a faith toward God, not only the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection and eternal judgment, and this will we do if God permit. Let us go on unto perfection, Hebrews 6. That's required. It's a commandment. Matthew 5, when he says, I think verse 43 right along there, be you therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfection is required. It is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. So we grow up into him in all things. That's all truth. But the church world has generally denied that saying, and this is an indictment against the church simply because it said we can't do that. It's not possible. Even through the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's not possible. For as long as you're in the flesh and you've never been changed yet, you can't come into perfection. But that's not what the Word of God says. Because when Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? He said, I thank God through Christ Jesus, my Lord. For those that walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For if you walk in that law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, standing in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free, he will lead you and guide you, each individual believer, into all truth, doing the individual will of God that he's called you for. And that will of God must be done in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus stated, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Even the ones that know that Jesus is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory, calling him Lord, only by that Spirit of God still some will not be able to enter in. And the question is why? Because you did not do the will of God. And he goes on and says that then they will profess unto Jesus that, Lord, we've done many wonderful works. We've cast out devils in your name. We prophesied in your name. Jesus didn't say, no, you haven't. But the thing is, they didn't go on and obey him in all truth. That's the problem. Then he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Lawlessness. You didn't obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. And he said, for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, we have to do the individual perfect will of God for each individual member of the body of Christ. Coming together as compacted together, whichever joint supplies it, edifying itself in love to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God as a perfect body of Christ unto a perfect man, Jesus ahead, and we each member in the body of Christ making but one body, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. That is all true. So we're coming to that final stage. 
and the Elijah ministry is that restitution or restoration ministry. Somebody said, well, Elijah's already done it. No, he has not. Because when he does, in the body of Christ, in the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit of restoration, in that move of God through the body of Christ, we'll bring the body of Christ unto perfection. And when he does, take a look at uh, Romans. And he sits there in uh, Romans uh, uh, there that he will take a look at Romans uh, 9, uh, verse 27, 28. And he tells you what God is going to do to save all of Israel, the church, spiritual Israel, as well as in that day of the Lord, that nation Israel. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. The body of Christ, there will be the the little body of Christ that will be glorified, the manifested sons of God. The nation Israel, but then, even though not in the body of Christ, in the bride, however, will be the righteous nation that all nations in the millennial reign will be blessed in national Israel, according to the promise given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and the promise to Abraham in Genesis 12. Notice it says in Romans 9 and verse 27, he says, or Isaiah also cries concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. Verse 28, for he will finish the work. Now this work of God, we find that work of God in Ecclesiastes 2, that he says, God has put the spirit of the world into their hearts, that they would not know or consider the work of God from the beginning to the end. Anyone that has the spirit of the world in the heart cannot know it. The wicked cannot know these things, only the righteous. And the righteous is being led into it right now to those that have an ear to hear. And he says that he will finish that work, that strange work, bring to pass his act, his strange act, judgment laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet, Christ revealed that all will know him from the least to the greatest. And he says, and cut it short in righteousness. As soon as the body of Christ, the church of the living God, reaches that righteousness, that state of glory in righteousness, not of the law, not our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. As soon as we have that faith that we've earnestly been contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, he says, then I will cut it short. I want to cut this work short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth, the whole earth. In other words, when we reach this righteousness, there will not be a chance for the devil to come in and deceive it or destroy it because it will be sealed. The servants of our God in their forehead, Revelation 7. The devil cannot do it, cannot overthrow it. It will be a short work. Time, times a half, three and a half years, 42 months of the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry. And that work is a strange work. Bring to pass his act, is strange act. We will and are getting into that work that he's doing now, preparing the body of Christ for 
in these podcasts, the sealing of his people right now that he's doing as he is already sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God to those that have an ear to hear. We received this from the Lord in a visitation January the 19th, 2019. It's almost two years ago. He's doing it now. It's the time to lift up spare notch from a people of sin and for us going into that fullness of glory, contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is all truth. Now we know in Revelation 1 verse 1 what that is. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is no other revelation. That revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave in him to show unto his servants. He's doing it now. And that's preparing the sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. It's the mind of Christ. That God gave in him to show unto his servants, only the ones that are obeying God, that are serving God, not national Israel. And even though there can still be national Israel saved that if they turn and be grafted into the vine, it's still available to them in salvation. Because they, the natural olive branches can be grafted back into, and we, the Gentiles, as wild olive branches, are grafted into and stand by faith. Well, here he said there's a, it's a short work. He's going to cut it short in righteousness, this work of God. This work of God, which is explained to us in Isaiah 28 as judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. It's a judgment of God manifest in the earth will men will learn obedience and learn righteousness. And that's obedience unto righteousness. And he said he's going to cut it short. It's a short work upon the earth. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Here you go, the word of the Lord. Because the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him is to show unto his servants things. How many things? All things. Things of truth. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ in the fullest measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man. To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Then signified it, sealed it. Literally, the engraving of an engraver of a signet by his angel under John. He is doing it now. Well, that's the Elijah ministry. That's the reason when Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, you read about there in Matthew 17, the mountain apart, he takes it with him, Peter, James, and John up into that mountain apart. And as he does, he's transfigured before them. It speaks of the body of Christ being transfigured in the last days in, as Jesus did on that Mount of Transfiguration. We see Peter, James, and John there. And as Peter looks upon the Lord Jesus, he sees Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Now, if we see that totally in Malachi 4, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, this is before the second coming. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And uh, the Old Testament ends in Malachi with an amen. Well, that's exactly what he's doing on the Mount of Transfiguration, showing us as he comes down from that mountain, that wasn't Moses doing those judgment miracles. It was Jesus only. Because Peter, James, and John, when they looked up 
after uh, the Lord, his face shone as it were the sun, his garments glistening all the way down to his feet, they saw Jesus only. Jesus did redemption miracles only, that he is God, that he is the, the resurrection, he is the life. And there in Moses, it was not Moses doing the judgment miracles upon Egypt, destroying the gods uh, of Egypt. The last day Moses uh, in the body of Christ in that spirit will literally destroy the gods of this earth. Just as Moses did in the gods of Egypt. That's judgment miracles. That's through Jesus only, not Moses, Jesus only. And uh, there we have the prophet Elijah. Well, Elijah did those kingdom miracles, but it was not Elijah doing those. It was Jesus only. And when they see Elijah go up with that double portion, Elisha, God is salvation. Then we have to see that work. We have to see that Elijah ministry. We have to see that the body of Christ will perform that in the spirit of Elijah. Because John the Baptist in the spirit of Elijah forerun Jesus' first coming. The spirit of Elijah in the body of Christ as John will forerun Jesus' second coming. We find that in Revelation 10. So John, he hears what the seven thunders uttered their voices he was about to write. Say, thou doest it not. Why? Yeah, there's take the little book, the Bibliorydian, out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. Notice we're back in again to all truth, not partial truth, but that revelation of Jesus Christ eats you all of it. All truth, all things that's given to John. And you have to take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. John, take that little book out of the angel's head. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, bitter to your belly. Well, the kingdom of God suffers violent. The violent take it by force. The law and the prophets were unto John since that time men pressed their way into it, just as Paul said, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We've been earnestly contending for this faith in all truth. And we must diligently seek for it. The problem is that most churches do not. They think, well, I'm safe, sanctified, on my way to heaven. I don't need anything else. Not realizing that there is a truth that must be received in order to do the will of God and be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Very, very profound and essential. We must heed uh, this work of the ministry. That work all we're all called for. Well, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show unto his servants, those servants that will be sealed in their forehead. John takes that little book out of the angel's hand, Revelation 10, and he ate all of it, not partial truth, all of it. And it truly, in his mouth is sweet as honey, and in his belly was, was bitter. And when he said there, notice what, the angel says to John, John, you must again prophesy in that spirit of uh, Elijah through the body of Christ. You must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That's the body of Christ in the last days in the spirit of Elijah and all truth ate, ate all the book. And all truth 
and it is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to him to show unto his servants things, which are the things of faith, which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified, it's sealed. Signed, signed, the sealing is Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, you are my signet. And you see in Haggai, the last chapter there, Zerubbabel, no one's born in Babylon, come you out of her and be ye therefore perfect. Touch not the unclean thing. You are my signet. And that is exactly what John is doing there and being led and guided into all truth. So don't let anyone tell you that we're not going into all truth before the second coming of Jesus. It's in the spirit of Elijah. Has it already happened? Well, some have claimed it over the years. It was this one or that one was a prophet and whatever the case is. No. How do we know? Because we haven't come into all truth because it hadn't been cut short in righteousness. Because whenever we reach that point of obedience under righteousness, Jesus will put in the sickle. And it will be a short work. He will cut it short in righteousness. Hasn't happened yet. We haven't come into all truth yet. And that's a place of charity. And when that charity is come, and that at that point, just as Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. I knew that he's the father of glory. I was a little child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What's that? Charity. Charity rejoices in the truth. Bonneth not itself, not puffed up, seeketh not its own. It rejoices in the truth, all truth, not partial truth, all truth. It's a final crowning glory through and in the body of Christ by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost himself, Jesus. So we don't want to miss out on it. Is the Spirit of Elijah coming? Yes. Jesus said so when he came down off the Mount of Transfiguration. A disciples asked Jesus, why do the disciples of John, John the Baptist, say that Elijah must first come? Why? And they, Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, not some things, not partial truths, all truth. Restore all things. The restoration is all things and the things of faith. And then the Lord will cut it short in righteousness. Where? Then Jesus said, but Elijah has already come. If you will receive it, speaking of John the Baptist in Jesus's first coming as a suffering Messiah. But he will also in the spirit of Elijah. And it's very important to know that Elijah in there, when that spirit of Elijah through John the Baptist, that he did not do many mighty miracles. But the Elijah at John and the spirit of Elijah, the body of Christ in the last days before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will do the works, greater works than these shall you do. And you will do exploits, exploitations of people that do know their God will be strong. They will work in the power of the Holy Ghost with signs, divers, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Can God confirming his word? And we'll see that as we go on into the podcast and the two witnesses, who they are, the two olive trees, the cherubim of glory, the living creatures, which is the church. 
the body of Christ, but in a higher glory in the testimony of Jesus. That is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. How do we know that? Because in Revelation 19.10, John sees a man. He sees the perfect man. He sees that man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the head, and the individual members of the body of Christ make him but one body. And he sees it, and he bows down, and he's going to worship it. If anybody knew Jesus, John, the apostle, John the revelator, knew Jesus. And as he bowed down to worship, he says, See thou doest it not. Worship God. Now, who is this? Who is this man that he's seeing that he is certain is Jesus Christ? Looks like Jesus, walks like Jesus, is a manifestation of Jesus. And he's not deceived. He knows the Lord Jesus. But he says there, For I am of thy fellow servants and thy brethren, What's the difference? That have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. To understand the words of the book of this prophecy, we must have the spirit of prophecy, and that is the leading of the Holy Ghost himself, Jesus in you. With that said, led and guided into all truth, how do we know that that's faith? That testimony of Jesus is that faith that was once delivered to the saints. Well, John was on the Isle of Patmos for the uh, fellow servant in the sufferings of God and for the testimony of Jesus. And that testimony of Jesus we see in Revelation 12, the man-child caught up to God into his throne, what, into all truth. And that remnant of her seed, the body of Christ, which keep the commandments of God, that's the body of Christ, that love God, keep his commandments, and have the testimony of Jesus. That testimony of Jesus, then, is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's the ones that have grown up into Jesus in all things, all truth. It's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God has shown his servants things, and those servants were sealed, in Revelation 7. How do we know that? Because in Revelation 14, 12, these ones that are redeemed are the ones that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus is the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 12, same as Revelation 14, 12, which is the faith which that was once delivered to the saints, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, we have to go up into him in all things, in all truth, before the second advent, before the Lord comes back the second time without sin and salvation, for the salvation of his saints. Don't let anybody tell you any different. God's doing it now for those that are sincerely seeking the Lord through obedience. It's one thing for people to say, I want it, and they run after it, and they step on other people, trying to work the political uh, arena, getting people's souls to follow them but not in the true spirit of prophecy, in that testimony of Jesus, in that living epistle, and that this, and what kind of a mind does it take? That mind uh, that you will be sealed, the servants of God, 
in their forehead. What mind is that? Or let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. We count ourselves as nothing. Unprofitable servants. Well, we've only done that which is our duty to do. For the glory is him. He's the one that died, rose again. Only he is worthy to open the seals of the book. We are unprofitable servants. We've only done that which is our duty to do. There's nothing of our own righteousness or of our own holiness that we can say that is through our works. And that is the mind of Christ. It's broken, humble, and contrite. Spirit that God will look for and will use in the latter days and these days in the testimony of Jesus. Well, there you have it. Friend, if we, uh, there, the spoken words uh, moved you and the Holy Ghost, well, please contact us. Uh, God's bringing his body into one. We'd love to join with you in the work of the ministry and the faith that was once delivered to the saints and the unity of the, the faith. Please give us a call. Uh, there, the number will be on the screen, as well as our uh, post office box. Write to me, Dennis Beard, post office box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us or send a question to us if you have a question. Uh, we'll get back to you and answer it as best we can at sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We love to hear from you. Thank you for your prayerful support and uh, your generous offerings whereby we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the Real Jesus.